What's up, world? How we doing? How we living? Undeniable perception, episode 123. Brother from the same mother. Hey, man, you know it, man. And I think this, this is the perfect number, man. One, two, three. Because 23 is, yeah, besides it being in order, one, two, three, you got the number one player of all time in basketball, number LeBron 23. James. You know? <laughs> I said, check, doesn't work 23, right? He used to. Yeah, he just. Right. So Michael Jordan, the number oh, yeah. one of all time, baby. Number well, speaking of LeBron, man, he's killing it right now. They're doing good. They should be able to close out the Warriors tonight. Number one soul seller. Um, I got I got LeBron and company in seven. I think they'll lose the next two and then win just to give it a better I think they'll I think they'll close it out tonight. They'll close it out tonight. Yeah, I think they'll end it in five. Let's see, man. I think about wrestling. I think about Triple H. One, two, three, getting that belt, bro, or. Or the Jackson 5 song, Easy as one, two, three. Really? That's what you think about, huh? I, no, I think about wrestling. Okay. Because I remember like always like fucking around with my homies and like wrestling and be like, beat you. You know what I'm saying? That's the, the emphasis. Uh, that's the, uh, in wrestling, that's the longest count duration between the two and the three, right? Because sometimes the wrestler is out, so they have to wait till he like pops up. Yeah. So that ref has to do a good job to hold that arm up real high. They pretty much. They pretty much like they have go to back wait. their shoulder blade, and they, they pretty much have a hurt shoulder. Gotta, it's, <laughs> speaking of numbers, man, I wonder if you know this. I got a quick trivia for you. Can you name the players, the respective number, and the respective sport? For the individuals whose numbers are retired for the entire sport that they played for? Jesus. I mean, I could try. I, it's I'm, not I'm, many. I'm kind of like unloading. I'm kind of unloading that information in my brain right now, but I, I probably still have some gems in there. So sh- shoot them to me, man. I like that thought. Well, think. Who would it be? Wait, what do you mean? Any player? Well, no, meaning like it's uh, the player that their numbers retired for the entire league. It's not just their team. That would be too many people to name. Name the player, the res- the respected number in their sport where their numbers retired for the entire league. No one in any team. Oh, it's just Jordan 23 by the Heat. The Miami Heat retired. That's the entire league, though. Oh, for the entire league and the sport and the player. Um, Jackie Robinson? There you go. That's one. What was his number? 42. There you go. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, so Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, who else? Not Babe Ruth, because Alex Rodriguez wore his. Aaron wore three, yeah. Yeah. That's the only one I could think of, bro. That well, that's the only one for baseball, though. Yeah. The only one for basketball? It just happened this year, so that would be a little different. They really retired number 24 for Kobe? You see it in the players' jerseys. If you can number, visualize right now. Yeah, it's number six. Yeah. Bill Russell. Bill okay. Russell. That makes sense. And I'll give you this other one you should know for hockey. One, no, two, three is six. We all way. know this player in hockey, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 99, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to be disrespectful right now and say New York Rangers, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's where you won those championships with. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's it, man. Those are the only three sports. There's, so you got them all. I don't think any other sport, football doesn't have that. They have not done that where they've honored one player. And uh, soccer hasn't done but that. But why is LeBron wearing number six then? What's up? Then yeah, well, they just retired it this year. So he can't wear number six next year? 
No, it's retired for the entire uh, league. So LeBron's really going to have three numbers retired with the Lakers. He's really going to one up Kobe like that. Because I know he just changed that number on purpose, dog. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <For> that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the uh, that was that's pretty cool, man. That's Imagine cool. Your man. numbers retired for the entire league. <sighs> no one could wear that number. That's some that's some hard shit, man. Sounds like uh, yeah. Dude, the uh, you know what I've been I hear this a lot, and even I catch myself saying it, and then every time I catch myself saying that, I stop and I slap myself because I fucking hate this phrase uh, when people say. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. I hate that phrase. Does, what the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it means that you're just used to fucking not thinking, bro. It is what it is. Yeah, that doesn't I mean, make I sense. I get it. Before when I used to use it, I get it. Like It's like, oh, it's almost like, oh, I'm not going to complain. This is what, it, what happens or whatever. But nothing is ever. It is what it is. No, right? It isn't. It's just a really like shortcut for something. And I... Just don't. I hate it it, it. it contradicts the exception to the rule, right? If it is what it is, ain't no exception to the rule. Well, it's just there's no answer, you know, because it's not an answer to anything. It's just like to stop your brain from thinking to that thing. And I get it if you know that you're trying to shush stuff away. But as anything, it's like, oh man, you got to do more work now. Yeah. Oh, you got to do more work. What? Well, it is what it is. You know, yeah. shit like that. It's just like it's lazy. I think it's like a like a word jargon, bro. I just think it's a life jargon, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like, you hear it a lot just in life with, uh, you know, like some mishap happens or whatever. And like, well, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Crops don't grow. It is what it is. Yeah. Let go, let God. It's kind of <laughs> like the same thing. Okay. Yeah, man. That's kind of that's kind of how I am with the term out of pocket. Because everyone uses that fucking term. And I like when people tell me I'm out of pocket because I'm already big on not being in anyone's pocket. So mm-hmm. I kind of take it as a compliment when I say you out of pocket, because right. I, I kind of think about like I'm not out of control. I'm just not in their control. Every time I hear, because I get that thrown at me out of, all the time, or I always hear people say, "Man, you out of pocket," or "Man, that's out of pocket." I mean, what you mean? It's out of pocket. It's lost. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I like the phrase, but uh, I guess it just has to be used correctly. But you may just disagree if they're saying that about you. I guess it depends on the context. Uh, and then what you guys are talking about, right? Because if it's if it's using the term like, let's just say whatever we're talking about, it's the term you're we're talking about like heart surgery, yeah, right? And there's a panel of heart surgeons, and then we got some guy who read WebMD, and he's talking about it with these heart surgeons. Mm-hmm. I could say, dude, you're talking out of pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking out of school here. You. I'm gonna hear what these uh, you know experts have to say, and not you. So it could be it's used correct. If it's used correctly, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Nah, I hear you. I'm just not a fan of it because of what like it means out of pocket. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. When you said heart surgery, you kind of made me think about that that Seinfeld episode when they're looking, they're they're watching the heart surgery. Oh, they the like milk? eating M and M's or is what? it a milk dud? Milk dud. There you go, dog. That's so right. random. Hey, who bro. drops it, Jerry or Kramer? I think Kramer, because Kramer offers Kramer it to him. Kramer and Elaine. Kramer offers it to him, right? To Jerry, uh, and Jerry doesn't want it or something? Cause yeah, and he's slapping it. I say, that's why I imagine who did it. And then it falls into the the and body, right? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Fucking hilarious, dog. Well, was it mints? Junior mints or something no, like that? No, that's what you said. You called it. I think it was milk duds. I don't know why I want to think. I don't know why I want to say junior mints, because they always do something extra, right? Because like, oh, it's minty and it's chocolate. 
But who knows? Whatever. It probably was, but also that that kind of led me to the What's like up? when when um they're watching a an opera performance. Okay. And like Jerry puts like a Pez dispenser on Elaine's lap. It is just she starts cracking As up, if right? It's clapping, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens with that? What's up? She on just that? starts laughing, right? Oh, and, and, it takes, and it's their homie. People? It's their homie that does the the whole. Oh, is your maestro event? Yeah. Oh. And then they're like, <laughs> just that person that was laughing in the background ruined everything. So it's not an old opera. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an orchestra. Yeah, something. Yeah, okay. something in that context, dude. Oh, uh, that's funny, man. Yeah, that is a funny random thing because it's, it's it is cool when you do little things funny like that. Because sometimes you know what's gonna be funny to you, obviously, is not funny to a guy, Captain Obvious, over here saying that stupid shit. But meaning, like, you know how I remember this. It's like when you mm-hmm. um, when on my laptop, on my computer, when I lived with our folks, you replaced. Oh the yeah, picture I have awesome with the moon. And you replace it with the most dumbest Mike baby picture. And I was so angry. But then I look back, it's fucking hilarious. And those little things that people do that other people probably won't find funny. But yeah. it's between the people. Like I, I was talking to my one of my close friends once. And we were sitting there at work. And we were talking about something serious. And when she was looking, I put something on her computer. I'm like, look at this. And it was a picture of Lenny Kravitz wearing so something ridiculous, you yeah, know, and it was yeah. just funny. Because, uh, like, dude, look, he looks ridiculous, but looks good enough. But nonetheless, it's like, he works out land the shit, but it's just hidden at the right time. Exactly. See, I like that shit because it's so random. Because I remember always doing that in high school. Because when you're, like, a junior or a senior in high school, the cool thing is not to wear a fucking backpack. The cool thing is to just carry a folder with you. And mm. then on that folder, you had, like, a plastic sleeve. So you were able to, like cut a dope-ass picture from a magazine or put right. a comic book. Right, Put cards, you know, to show your your personality, you know, conversation starter. And I remember we were all big in hip-hop, so we would buy, like, the Double XL magazines, right? And in, in the in the back of the page, there'd always be, like, a dope-ass photo of the person in the cover. Oh, okay. However, behind that picture, there's, like, a, a Viagra ad. All right. So... Every time, like my homie Christian, they would flip it over. Alfred, we'd always <laughs> flip that bitch over. You know, this motherfucker walking around with a Seattle. That is fucking, fucking awesome. <laughs> so every, so behind the cover, or whatever, there was the advertisement. Yeah, bro. So you would flip it on someone and they didn't pay attention. They didn't pay attention, right? They would just be walking around with that shit. Dude, one time in dude. high school, one of my old buddies, I haven't talked to him in years, my boy Mike DeBella, he. Uh, he did, he like drew a license plate that looked like really good. And for some reason, he, he got annoyed by this guy, even though he was a chill guy, Jeff Bradshaw. And he put, I love cocks, just like a license plate. And he put it over his license plate. And the guy was driving around like that wow. for days, dude. Hey, shout out to Mike. And the guy was so pissed bro. off. <laughs> I think I remember that guy. Didn't he, didn't Chris like film him for a movie? No, he was. Uh, he did a. He, re- he was in one of the in one of those vignettes where he recorded in front of our parents' house when Chris was doing like a date video for okay, one so of his then, classes. Okay, Mike so he's doing a vi- So talk to me about that because I remember him. In it was for a project. So yeah, I don't know if it was like some kind of convincing argument that he had to do some kind of like video essay, and it was about dating. So, <laughs> uh, so Jose Barragan, okay. Mike DiBella myself this girl Beatriz Munoz whose nipples were popping out yeah, and I yeah. guess everyone saw she was always was like, cold everyone's like what the hell I guess everyone clapped for that in his class uh, 
But we're talking about what, like 20 some years so ago. So that's why Chris got a D? A right? double D? No, I'm fine. <laughs> and I believe that was it. I don't think anybody else, that was just those four who did it. That's yeah. cool, man. I remember doing a, a high school project with um, Alfred, Julian, and Sergio Birdman. What was it? So we pretty much in Miss Beard's class, it was an English class for Chino High. I think it was ninth CP, English ninth, so ninth grade. And we did an N1. An okay. N1 one. So we just like pretended to do like a Basketball. slam dunk contest. Yeah. And, and it was funny, bro. Uh, we ended up getting an A in the project. What was the pro- What was it for though? What was it for? for? It was just make a make a movie entertaining. Okay, so just get collaborative. Just get collaborative. And you guys just basically copied N one. Pretty fucking. Messing. That's cool though, man. Did you guys do like cuts or edits or not really? Nah, hell no. We just recorded all the way through, dude. Right. Yeah, so, and cool. would you guys lower a court? Was yeah, we lowered the court, was and like we would do. Or you would lower the court? Then? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we would do like introductions. We'd be like. Yo, hectic, and then it'd be like nice. today was a good time. I'm walking out with my headband, and then I'm like, I do a dunk, and then it'd be like um, Birdman for Sergio Birdman. And then we would put the the What Happened to That Boy song. For oh, him. you guys actually <laughs> played it while you was doing it, right? Yeah, because now it's like because everything's on the phone, people can make it all nice, right? Because they put the audio Hell file. Yeah, bro, the, uh, the fucking VHS. What jersey did you wear? Was it a Rasheed Wallace jersey? Maybe we no. I just wore a headband and a, a cutoff shirt. Okay. Yeah, I didn't wear a jersey. I probably should have wore a Russian Dude, jersey, like, man. I was hearing um, that one uh, track by the Wu-Tang di- t- uh, this morning. Shame on a... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The one and, uh, that, uh, that same sample is the one that uh, Ice Cube used for Wicked, right? Oh, most likely. Oh, I think Wicked? so. I, I, I needed to listen to that Wu-Tang yeah, yeah, yeah. to refresh my memory. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it was the same legit. sample that he used for, for his track. So I was like, oh, the Wicked song's better. No, like, of course, bro. Ice Cube reigns supreme over there, man. That was one of the tracks. And even the beginning of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Dude, it's good news that... that uh, really great news that Ed Sheeran won that lawsuit. Ed Sheeran, who'd he sue? No, they were suing him that, that he had taken or sampled or... Oh, yeah. Or copied, <laughs> copy, copy wrote... Or, I'm sorry, that he stole the one of the Marvin Gaye songs or something. Oh, okay. And I don't know the details of it, dude. It was just a chord progression. So it's just a swipe on the guitar? And so basically, from what he explained it, from what I understood, is that just for argument's sake, it won't be this chord progression, but it'll be like, oh, he went from a C to a G to an F. Like, that'll be, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That means there's so many songs that have that. Yeah. I get it if it's the same tempo, if it's this, if it's the same song, but... To try to say like, oh, you can't do that chord progression. It'd be like if you're watching a film and you can't do a cut from like the close-up, then a back cut, and then this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's so wild. you want, so that's a plus. That's really wild. Let's I'm not into his music. Well, whoever has a Marvin Gaye That's estate. that red-headed guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever has a Marvin Gaye estate. And I could be wrong it was a Marvin Gaye thing, but I could have sworn so remember because that's been going on forever. It's like... It was going on for like eight, ten years. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah, people will sue. People, yeah, people sumo when he got money like sumo, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Got sumo. Speaking of sumo, there's some show on Netflix about sumo, right? It's sumo wrestlers? I think it's like a scripted show. Okay. And it's, I think it's some guy who wants to be a sumo wrestler or something. I remember having a little infatuation with sumo wrestling, a little brief stint in my childhood. I remember I would always line up like socks 
mm-hmm. or T-shirts on the on the floor to symbolize the circle. And I remember I would sumo wrestle my dad. Mm. Like we would push each other. Mind you, my dad would always let me win. And then I think one time he beat me, and I remember I was devastated. And I remember one time I got really aggressive. I think I I scratched him, bro. I think I, I need to ask him when I see him because I remember leaving like three scratch marks like on his chest. Dang. How old were you? I was probably like, we were in the Chino house, so in the Jefferson house. I was probably six or seven. Okay. Pops would always watch that shit on ESPN. I remember. Yeah, he always watches the, he watches ESPN, he watches ESPN Ocho for sure. Yeah. Because he watches that and billiards all day. Yeah, yes, yes. Constantly, dude. That's cool, man. You didn't catch that sumo show? I don't know, man, but you said sumo, so I saw they're promoting (laughs) that shit. Speaking of fights, so man, I didn't catch them. How were they? Ah, uh, I was a little disappointed, man. I thought the the co-main event was a letdown. Like I told you, the first takedown that um, Gilbert Burns attempted, he popped his shoulder out, so he was just fighting with one hand the whole time, man. And homeboy just picked him apart, dude. He's too good to fight someone with one arm, bro. That guy's too good. Oh, did they say anything about it? Has it been a reoccurring injury? Nah, but he just said it like throughout the whole fight to his corner. Like I can't move my, I can't do anything. With so it wasn't arm. something that was happening during this camp. No, it wasn't like it wasn't like a TJ Dillashaw thing where everyone nah, knew nah. and it popped immediately. Nah, it wasn't that. But also, it's wear and tear. You fought three weeks ago, bro. It's you still, had a training camp and then you had a, a short training camp. It's still a freak kind of thing, though. It's hard, man, to yeah. go back to back like that. But props to, to and he still finished that. the fight. Still finished the fight. He's fucking good, man. With one fucking arm. With one arm. Yeah. Jeez. And then the main event, it could have went either way. It was just, it was just a weird fight. It was just a weird fight. Um, You could say homeboy won, Sterling won the fight. So that the, what was it, a split? It was a split decision. Okay, so one judge had it for Segudo. The thing is, um, round one was a swing, so... So Hudo was like controlling him. He was like dominant, but like nothing really happened. And I believe Sterling took him down in the, in the at the end. So they gave him the round because of that. So that was pretty much the deciding factor. And were the scorecards pretty close or was there one that was out of the Yeah, I think it was 48-47 on all three. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, 50-45. Nah, nah. There was a one fight. I forgot which one it was, but someone was, was like that. 30-27, like it was so far-fetched. Something insane, huh? Yeah. I think, didn't one judge do that on the, uh, on the Javante Davis versus Ryan uh, fight? Because obviously he knocked out, but he could look at the court scorecards, well, yeah, and I think one Ryan. guy was out of control. Yeah. I think that was it, or something else. Yes, you're right. So when he knocked down Ryan Garcia, I think Yeah, it was right. a 10-10 round, or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Two of them, I think, did that. It's like, dude, that's, that's, he won that round. Like ten eight at least. Yeah, yeah. Or I nine, mean, at the absolute worst, nine eight. Nine eight at the absolute worst, but yeah, what? yeah. And that was a ten eight round. Yeah, that was problem. weird. That was really. Yeah, see, weird. those judges like that. How are they still have jobs, man? And then, um, come on, O'Malley went up, went into the octagon and with the Michael Jackson jacket, right? With the Thriller jacket, and then uh, yeah, he was doing a face off with Sterling. They're uh, they're they're pumping it up, huh? They're the way I'm looking at it now, WWE, huh? The way Sterling said it kind of makes me lean towards Sterling. What did he say? Because he said, dude, like, I took down an Olympic wrestler like nothing. 
what, ma- what makes you think I won't be able to take down O'Malley? And I was in my head, I'm like, that's a good point. But O'Malley's got like weird angles. Well, O'Malley, man, the guy, the guy really feels himself. And that's cool. That's what you have to be is to be a fight. Like, that's what works for him. You know, he yeah. feels himself because I, if I'm not mistaken, one thing he said were, was really out of pocket. Was what? I think he tweeted it. It wasn't even about that. It was, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was talking about the Gervonta Davis and the uh, the Ryan Garcia fight. And I think he put it here. And from what I read, I didn't go deeper into it. So maybe he was joking around. He's like, uh, no, no cap, but I think I I could take Gervonta. <laughs> so I interpreted it as like, if, if, if you were serious about this, like, come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, You'd yeah, get smoked yeah. and less than a round. Oh, absolutely. You guys are boxing. Yeah, no, no chance. No chance in hell like the Vince McMahon <laughs> right, right, right. bro. Dude, so I've been, um, I've been running through this Jordan B. Peterson book, man. It's been uh-huh. really pulling my heartstrings, man. It's like a lot of good, a lot of good information, bro. I'm already in page 243, man. So I'm, I'm a little north of 110 pages left in the book, bro. Okay. And what's, uh... What's pulling anything recently is pulling your heartstrings? So he had like um he was talking about uh the Horus. So I'm sure you're familiar with the eye of Horus. No. So like that god that's like an eagle. Kanye's worn like the, the big ass necklace during the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy era. Like it's really it's really big. Okay. Like now, now I could visualize it, yeah. In, in the Egyptian culture. So yes. so pretty much what I really like about the the difference between like Robert Greene and Jordan B. Peterson, Jordan B. Peterson uses a lot of religion, which is really cool. Yeah, and yeah. He, he ties it a Bible study program, and he just talks about um, Horace. And I never really do- delve into Horace besides like seeing him in hip hop and and seeing how dope like the logo is and and how people make chains out of it. Okay. So pretty much, um, he has the same exact story as Jesus, except he came three thousand years before Jesus. Okay. Pretty much, you know, they were born from virgins. Both of their birthdays are December 25th. God is the, um, God was taken to Egypt to escape the wrath of Harad. Um, Horus was taken to Egypt to escape the wrath of Typhon. So they, they have commonalities, right? Okay. So what really pulled my string, so Horus has a, a father. His father is Osiris. Right? All right. So Osiris is a god, right? He's a god for... Um, he, he's just a god, right? And okay. his brother, Set, his brother Set ends up killing him, right? He ends okay. up killing um, Osiris. So pretty much Horus, all right? He ends up getting revenge, right? So he ends up fighting Set. Uh, but during the fight with Set, who's like a very evil person... He ends up losing his eye. Okay. Horus ends up losing his eye. But then after the fact, after winning, right, Horus goes to like the underground where his father Osiris was. Okay. And he gives his father his eye. All right. And that's what pull my strings. So I'm going to tell you what Jordan B. Peterson said in regards to the symbolism with right. this type of story. Or kind of like Jesus versus evil and shit, right? So... Pretty much what he said is when you encounter malevolence and evil, you will still be wounded even though you're a god. And I'm like, damn, that's true. So even a common person, right, they're thinking about doing evil stuff, having malevolence, 
having a malevolence of energy, right? You're going to encounter evil, right? So pretty much Horus giving his eye to his father, Osiris, is symbolizing that the son can restore his father's vision. Yeah. Culture is always a, a dead state, even though it was established by the embezzlement of great people in the past. But the present is not the past. The wisdom of the past deteriorates and becomes outdated. So that's what really resonated with me because that kind of made me think about like our, our journey of being children from an immigrant parent, right? Us restoring, right, how the world works now, you know, healing them, right, and just creating a, a better future. So I kind of like saw a similarity with like how I want to move through life with that, you know, restoring my parents' vision, educating them about like what I've seen of how the world is now versus how it was back then. Right. So it just gravitated with me that way, man. Okay. Pretty pretty deep story, man, hearing it. Yeah, man, I bet. So that story is 3,000 years older than Jesus. Yeah. 5,000 years ago. Wow. Fucking wild, huh? That's how man, well, Jordan B. Peterson, man, so, the, um, yeah, man, so, that idea about the, my vibilance, right, being about that even if you're a god, you go unscathed, right? You go unscathed. Yeah. Yeah, well, anything man. That's worth, anything that's worth his salt is, right? Excuse me? Anything worth his salt. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it makes you think about all these, like, uh, I think we've talked about this before, where, all these get better quick thing ideas that I never bought into, right? Because of our upbringing, the, uh, you know, you see all these ideas like back in the day, like, Oh, 10 minute abs, six minute abs, mm-hmm. anything like that, where it's like, dude, if it's easy, it's not going to get the results you want, but people are still so drawn to that because they believe they're going to be the exception to it. Or they really believe like, Oh yeah, I can do that. It'll be easy. It's like, no, nah, it's not easy, man. No, it's not. Uh, and I know because you, you like the beef, right? And we talked about it. I enjoyed it too. But that one scene where, like the brother, right? The younger brother who has his own ways, right? He's got his positives and his negatives. Like we all do. But in terms of the way the characters relate to each other. But he thinks it's so easy to just become a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he just believes. Just because he believes it is, like. Nah, bro, just because you think it is doesn't make it so. But he makes it sound so easy when he's like, if you lend me this loan, you know, if you give me this loan, you know, I'll become a millionaire, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what? Like, dude, I worked so hard. Yeah, yeah. Like 80 hour weeks. All this other stuff, and, you know, all this shit. Like, you think it's really that easy? Mm-hmm. And it just makes you think about that. Like, I don't know how people get that idea where anything that's difficult to do, that it'll be easy. Yeah. No, it- and it's very detrimental, right? Absolutely. Because it's like the individuals who may think that. So when I see all those advertisements, right, for anything like, oh, this pill cures this, 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 this. And mostly you don't see it as much of the English stations anymore because I think regulations. But you see with, uh, you know, Latin American television still mm-hmm. like, oh, this, you know, this pill will, will make, you know, make you last longer in bed. And it's going to clear your pimples, too. And it's going to. Give you super intelligence and you'll lose diet and you'll get out of your diabetes. And it's wild. People buy this shit, man. 
Yeah, they're addicted to that shit. They they want the shortcut to success. They don't want the the rigorous grind that that comes with it. The pain out of it, right? Because because man, like a lot of people, man, they just like to fake the funk at times. They like to just not listen to themselves eternally because for me, man, like it bothers me like if I lie or it bothers me if I don't complete a task that I told people that I would do. Mm-hmm. And it eats at me, man. Right. But sometimes there might be people that just ignore it, right? Just ignore it. Well, I didn't feel that. I'm just going to go about my day. I didn't lie. But then those little lies, right, turn into the big lie, right? Yes. Those little L's turn into hell pretty fucking much, right? Right, right, right. So pretty much at the end of the day, man, when you're not accountable within yourself having that internal conversation, you're just going to blame the world. You're going to blame your environment. And that's where the malevolence comes from, man. Right, right. Like instead of like, you know what? Opening up your fucking Pandora's box, right? Encountering all the fucking trauma you have. Encountering all the fucking horrible experiences that you went through and just letting them fucking die so you could just be fucking reborn and become a new fucking man because if we're still holding on to that past shit bro our presence is gonna suffer and we're gonna have no fucking future dude so i've been getting all this information from this book bro and it's so fucking true man we we try to like act like we don't know what the fuck is going on but we need to be more accountable man like the truth is probably like the most important thing man Within ourselves and within our community, man. Telling the truth. Right. Or at least not lying to people. Yeah. Right? Because lying to people, man, you're going to create a fucking neuron pathway. You're going to fuck yourself up. You're going to fuck your environment up. Not a, not a good not a good pill to swallow or, yeah, or give that, people. Absolutely, man. And I you know, I think that gets a little tricky or difficult is that, you know, like I told you, like one of my favorite f- phrases is when they say, like, everyone's got their own truth. Right, well, that's where it gets tricky because there is your truth, but then there's truth, right? So it's extremely important to be like, okay, well, what is true in reality, right? And not conflate that with what is true to me, Mm -hmm. right? Because there is a distinction, you Mm -hmm. know, because there's one thing about being true to yourself, but are you being true to yourself with lies that you tell yourself Mm -hmm. and you've come to believe that they're they're true when they're not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it sort of gets, you know, I mean, we could all easily point out when there, when there, when there is a falsehood of something in reality, right? Absolutely. But it's a lot trickier not lying to ourselves to, yeah. to uncover that. I mean, like, damn, is that for real? Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's funny, man. Cause I was like, I was going through some YouTube videos today and I ran through this Charles Barkley one. And I guess he did like a two hour long interview with Up and Smoke, the, that show. That's on Showtime, right? Oh, with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. All the Smoke. Up and Smoke is a. Is that Matt Barnes and Steven right? Jackson? Yeah. So it's All the Smoke. My bad. It's All the Smoke. I saw him in Vegas. They're cool. Very chill dudes. Matt Barnes. He's huge. Yeah, freaking. Um, um, and then Charles Barkley was talking about this MJ story. So it's just a quick clip. And I like the way he told it, he said because he was, he was talking about when he, he was in the Suns and they were playing the Bulls, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he said, man, they had the better record. The Suns did, so they were at home. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, I'm going to start off uh, game one and get, get feed my teammates more first, you know, get them going first, blah, blah. Because when you're on the road, I know why I have to be better. 
because people were nervous. So I just want to get people more in the flow. He's on. Like, we lost that first game. So the next game, and I came out. I came out hard. Blah blah blah. And uh, I had forty some, and then Jordan had fifty some. So this motherfucker's not gonna let me win. We lost that game. Mm-hmm. He's on. Like, I remember going home, and my daughter was crying because I had told my daughter like we're gonna win this series. And you know me. I, I what I say. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. And she was crying. I said, like, Dad, you said you weren't going to lose. And I was like, I know. But you know, your dad never stops, never gives up. And I thought to myself, you know what? I had never thought this before. But I think this guy's better than me in basketball. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, because Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, those guys, yeah. But they had Kareem. They had all this help. Larry Bird had Robert Parrish. Had all these other, Craig McHale. Me, I'm just as good as those guys, but I never had the help. Yeah. But with Jordan, that's what I thought. Man, this guy's better than me. Yeah, yeah. And it was just coming, like, crashing that, being accepting that reality of it. Mm-hmm. I imagine how difficult it's got to be, especially in a, like, a physical and mental, right, thing. But you're, like, work your whole life for this, and you truly believe you're the best. And he really, it was one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then you finally be like, oh, shit. This yeah. motherfucker is better than me? Well, with, with sports, it's, it's tricky, especially when, when it comes to athleticism. Because not... You can't necessarily say Jordan is better if Jordan Jordan's taller than you. Barkley Barkley's short. He's six four. He's shorter than Jordan. And he played power forward. Yeah, Jordan's six six though, but we're talking about two inches. Yeah, but it's like Barkley, what you're doing is talented. You feel yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, guarding yeah. you're guarding the biggest guy on the floor. Jordan didn't do that. Jordan guarded the shooting guard. You know, he he had Scottie Pippen, right? Guarding the best player on the opposing team. So Jordan was able to conserve all his energy for the offense, right? Barkley's out here guarding the hardest defender. So obviously, you're going to be using more energy, right? So necessarily, I can't really say he's better. At the end of the career, yeah, we know yeah, MJ's yeah, better yeah. because of the acolytes or whatever that comes with it. But man, fuck Barkley for saying that to him. So I would have smashed him. I would have been like, be your biggest fan. Leave the love. Oh, see, that's where I hope you're kidding. Because see, that's where you're tricking yourself. Because my point of the story is that Barkley's admitting the truth mm-hmm. and accepting the reality and not just believing the lie. Yeah, yeah, that he's yeah. himself. Well, the thing is, the way I would look at it, right, is I would look at the whole environment. I wouldn't just look at me versus foe because obviously that team was way better. That Bulls team, that Bulls coach was way better. Phil Jackson. Like, proof's in the pudding. Well, that's man. the thing. He's not making any excuses. He's yeah. saying the truth. Like, he's better than me. Yeah, yeah. And he's not looking at this other thing or other players or other things like that because that Suns team had a better record. That Suns team was one of the best teams too. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that he's not just talking about all oh, the teammates. He's talking about the overall thing that he gave his all that in that yeah. game. He's like, I'm going to go and give my all. I scored 47. And Jordan still, still just wouldn't have won. He, oh, he got 50-something. Yeah, of course. That's when he saw like the drive was even more so. Like it was just his results were just still outmounted his no matter how much he did he still was able to do more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's a very important story because a very hard thing to face but one has to be very comfortable with themselves and happy with themselves to be able to admit something like that and be like fuck yeah I'm cool I'm good with everything that I do but that it's better yeah because it's not like he did anything less in his struggle no I get what you're saying no that's cool that's cool for him to say yeah. Good for him. Fucking Barkley, man. Yeah, man. It's a good, good, then, fucking good story, dude. Yeah, definitely. 
Dude, I fucking saw. I was so disappointed. I saw the the Pope's Exorcist, man. I was like so I was like so energized to see it because like I've never seen a movie with like an exorcism with like a really good actor in it. So mm. I was like so excited to see fucking Russell Crowe deliver. <laughs> Mind you, like it started off like pretty good, man. Till the most mid- good horror movies start off really good because I always start with a good promise. Till the midpoint. To the midpoint, and then just the CGI part just got a little too cheesy. Where it's like when they're trying to make like the sun look scary, they just made it look cheesy, bro. They didn't. Oh, why was it too much or what? It just didn't look good, bro. All right, I the makeup gonna, department. No, it wasn't really makeup, but just the reaction the kid was doing. Like it wasn't. Oh. The delivery wasn't well. wasn't well thought out, and then they just left it open for like. What's additional the, uh, versions of it and I was just like nah bro I ain't watching and was this like based on the true story because the yeah, Pope's yeah, yeah. Well, he's a, like the highest guy or what yeah 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 he like does the exorcist for the popes and shit like they hit him up and like because he's the master at that and he's he, the had, master, he yeah. had done a lot the what? guy that that um he was friends with the guy that um Shia LaBeouf's gonna play that famous famous priest yeah he's working on some new movie now right Be- Shia LaBeouf priest Beatty Beatty or what's his name I don't know but he's in a, he's like filming that, right? Yeah, he's playing a famous priest. Yes. That's, that's actually a saint. When he passed away, they made him into a saint. Okay. So he's a saint now. But like he was friends with that. What is it? The, they cantonized him, I think. So it is. Yeah. So he's friends with that guy that would do actresses. Okay. Yeah. The, um, but how does Russell Crowe do? Does he do a good job? He does a good job. His delivery is good. He's funny. He's so he, he get, he's getting less jobs because he just he's overweight, right? Yeah, and he's old, man. And I, I always heard that he has like an alcohol issue. Like during films, he would get drunk and want to fight people. That guy lives life, man. Yeah, he he would. <laughs> he almost got uh, deported because he's he, Australian, right? Yeah, because almost took his visa away because he would always cause disruption and fights out in public areas. Yeah. And it's like, bro, you Russell Crowe, but why bring this shit over here, you know? Russell Crowe, dude, Maximus, bro. They, uh, I think I read this little thing about him where he said that they didn't want him in L.A. Confidential. Oh, the film? I've never seen that. That they said they, they, that almost Sean Penn took over the part or somebody else. But good thing he got it because he, that was his breakout role, man. I don't know why. Was Elizabeth Shue in that movie? No. Okay, I don't know why she popped in my head. Um, I forget the Kim Basinger. There we go with the red she dress. The, she got the Oscar right. even though she was in the, she did a two minute scene, and I was like, "What? What a joke, bro!" But yeah, I remember the cover, right? Because I remember like the little magazines for movies for video stores. So I remember seeing it's it, a like, great film, action. man. You just see a Guy Pierce. Oh, Guy Pierce made it. Guy Pierce was in it. Yeah. Guy oh, Pierce he's in it. it. Yeah, he's not a director. He's a. The, My bad. I'm thinking Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy it. from Memento. The guy who filmed that movie, though, he's a guy that filmed um, Eight Mile. Oh, really? Something Hanson, I think. Eight Mile's legit, bro. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen, I've seen that guy's done anything recently, but LA Confidential and that one. That's cool. Yeah, man. But it's a great film, man. Australian, I think it's most Australian cast. And then I saw the Conor McGregor Netflix movie. Dark that Man. came out already? No, it's going to come out. Yeah, the trailer. They released a trailer for it. Yeah, Notorious for Life or Connor's Bear. Because the other one they made was good. That shit was dope. Yeah. The one that looks is going to be a lot better is Izzy's. Oh, he's coming out with one? He's been filming it for a minute. But this Ooh. one, he said he wanted it to transcend the sport because it's him and 
Nigeria and him in other areas. Oh my so it's God, not just and the way his style is, man, as you can see, you have like mm. do you ever watch his YouTube channel? Yeah, of course. His shit is so well made, yes. like his style. So this one's gonna be and he's raving about how it's gonna be. They've been doing it for for <laughs> can't wait. Because they've been following for a long time. Okay. At different points of his life, I think. So it's gonna the highs the go lows. throughout, go out to different things. Yeah. Okay. Dude, so speaking of the next fight, so Dupuis versus Whitaker. Mm-hmm. So from what I read, if if Dupuis beats Whitaker, he'll fight Israel. But if Israel if uh, Dupuis loses to Robert Whitaker, they'll they'll give Pereira the rematch. So they'll just do Pereira versus Israel. Because it won't make sense for Izzy to fight Robert Whitaker. I could have sworn they said that no, the winner will fight Izzy. No man, because I don't if think Robert Izzy would take that, if if Robert keeps winning and you clean out the division, mm-hmm. why not? I don't know, man. You know, like if you lose, doesn't matter. If you keep winning and you get the title again, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't get it. Yeah, because that second fight that him and Robert Whitaker had, there was that was a real close fight. Some people had Robert Whitaker edge. He beat out. him twice already, right? Yeah, but that second fight was decision and was really close. I had Izzy, but nah. not by much. Yeah, yeah. Robert did extremely good that fight, man. Well, Dupuis is gonna whoop his ass. Is that guy even that good? Yeah, he's, he's talking a lot of trash, huh? Yeah, he's really good. He's boring, but he's good. He's a big, thick dude. I'm sure, I no seen Bruno. him. I'm sure I seen but him yeah. fight, but it none come to mind. Yeah, his last fight, he like starts some fool. He's like a South African cat. Yeah, he's a big dude, man. All those fuckers are fucking yeah, huge, he's man. Huge, man. The, uh, well, dude, man, tomorrow, uh, well, today was what? Mother's Day in Mexico, right? Yeah, Mother's Day in the motherland. And uh, tomorrow I'm going, and this is not like a gift for her because I wanted to go. But I before I bought the ticket, I called her, Mom, you want to go to this? And I was surprised. She was excited. I was like, yeah. So I'm taking Mom to a concert tomorrow to go see Ricardo Arjona in Ontario. So I'm excited for that. Where, uh, Citizens Bank? No, it's the, it's called Terry High School. It's called the Toyota Center. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, that's where the. Kind of, this guy sells world. That's sells where the world Ontario wide. Clippers. This play. guy sells worldwide, <laughs> bro. Yeah, that was coming to the IEI, man. That's dope. Sells out state. Sells out. He just sold out freaking crypto. I remember I'd always look at your Ricardo Arjona album cover because they'd be an ass on it, and I would call him Ricardo Nalgona because of that. Yeah, that was, was the album cover with the booty showing. It was the ass of a girl though. Yeah, it was an ass of a girl. It's called Sin Daños a Terceros. Sin Daños a Terceros? Sin Daños a Terceros. Sin Daños a Terceros. Yeah, man, that gets... What's it? A Terceros dog? A Terceros at Thirds. Oh, Terceros. So no damage at Thirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. man, that gets a wordsmith, bro. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see him. That's dope, man. You've he's, never he's seen him before? No, he's representing, uh, you know, he represents uh, Guatemala. That motherfucker's, like... That's funny, like, I remember you taught all this shit when I go to Rock the Bells, like, uh-huh. Ice Cube, he's old, Nas, he's old, DMX, he's old. Motherfucker, you're you're watching Ricardo Arjona 30, 40 fucking years later, what you mean? <laughs> yeah, but he still makes new music. Does he? Is he yeah. good? Yeah, he's man. He's in his 50s now? Yeah. Jesus And Christ. he still looks great, you bro. You know who I like more? Juanes, bro. Adios, le pido. Has he made an album since that? I saw him live, though. But that's it. Like, like, dude, that makes an album, like, every year, every two I'm years. Just, I'm just talking but shit. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited, man. And, you know, he used to, you know, he played in the Olympics for Guatemala basketball. Are you serious? Re- yeah, dude. Regardless of... So that's how that bad is Guatemala, Regardless of Guatemala, 
to still represent your country in the sport. I mean, the dude's like six two. I mean, he's not a short dude. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I body him up, bro. I can't. I'll deadlift. That you thing. go lying to yourself again. But it was with a. Dude, in that so, case, oh man, you got anything to, to take a side? Yeah, with? no, man, it was, it was cool. Thank you for, for coming out uh, to Mercy's surprise birthday party, man. Um, and everyone that made it out, man. And, and special shout out to um, Alfred's wifey, Noemi, man, for just just extending the love, man, and just being an example that that there's people out there that appreciate my wifey because my wifey for lifey, man, does a lot for our kids, man. And, and she didn't expect a birthday. Like a little birthday kickback, and, and she was very appreciative of it. It was just so funny because, like, I like was going back and forth, like going home, grabbing shit, getting the cake, going to my our folks, setting shit up, and like I'm like, I hope she don't look at my location, I hope she don't see shit. Literally, like, I told her I was like, I'm gonna go to the gym. I didn't lie, I was at the gym for like 20 minutes, but then I left. And then I left. I had like a quick gym session so I could set up. And then my boy Alfred was like, hey, yo, we're in route. I was like, can you, and he's like, can you stall Mercy so Noemi could decorate? And they didn't have to do that. And I was like, I was like, all right, I could do that. And it was funny. I, I told Mercy, I was like, hey, so we're going to go to dinner. I was like, but what we're going to do first is we're going to drop off the kids at, at my parents. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah, just to get her thought process, right? Yeah. And then, uh. And then when Alfred texts me, like, hey, we're on our way. Can you stall her? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then I was like, hey, you know what? Before we drop the kids off, I was like, so Zeke won't feel that bad. I was like, let's go to Target first so we could, like, give him a toy. And she's like, oh, okay, you're right. So then we went to Target. So I was able to buy time. And they were able to decorate. So it was just real cool. But, like, Mercy's reaction was just great to see, man. Because she didn't expect it. Like, she was, like, holding back tears. So. So it was just a, just a great moment, man. Yeah, Thank you and, thing, and everyone that, that came, bro, that represented for her. Well, absolutely, man. We know how much she does, man, and uh, it was a beautiful thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But thank you, brother, from the same mother. And everybody out there, thank you for liking, listening, and subscribing. Don't forget, leave a love, be your biggest fan, brother from the same mother. Happy belated birthday, Mercy. Everyone stay up. Up, up, up. Yes, sir.